and like we're live. Platform. Rick Bazinski. What's up, bud? I'm doing good, man. You're looking nice. good in that car there. I like that it's all black. Thanks, man. Yes. Got the black interior. Um, you know, it's the way to go. Nice and simple. Um, so is this is this the Honda? This is the Honda. Although everybody okay. thinks it's a Tesla, I guess because I had to, I was about to buy a Tesla in the past, so people assume I have a Tesla. So I kind of I kind of like that, you know. So I kind mm -hmm. I was thinking I should just go with that and just call it a Tesla and just say, hey, it may be a Honda Accord technically, but it identifies as a Tesla. You know, <laughs> I think. Wow! Wow! Um, man, but, my mind just started racing at that one. Yeah. Um, so you, we were, we were talking a little beforehand and, and, uh, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, um, uh, because, uh, yeah, that's all good. you were, you were getting into an interesting topic related to the fork and moving upstream and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can go back over that. So, so, um, in my history, as I've been through different agencies, I was, I, I found myself to one of those that, that kept up with the swim upstream. So when the platform was bought by Adobe, we right. saw a lot of smaller agencies either begin to diversify or some of them actually just collapsed right. uh, if they weren't also bought out. So <clears throat> right. when that happened, like the sentiment in the community began to shift. There was a lot of like bitterness and anxiety about, enterprise play. And I, I right. you know, I, I owe a lot of credit. Actually, I owe my entire career to the platform. Um, right. I started in 2012, uh, knew about it because it was open source, downloaded it, played around with it, had no idea what I was doing. Took me like six months before I could even build anything at all. I, it was just so complex, but it was so interesting. Yeah. Got a job working for a, uh, for a merchant actually that had an engineering team in house. So they kind of raised me up and, and showed me the ropes of the platform that was mm -hmm. on open source or CE back then one, 1.4. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I was really plugged into the community. I mean, I, I met you around that time, like 2014. And mm -hmm. then, uh, I just felt like it was very active and it was a great place to be. Then it was purchased by Adobe and all of a sudden these fears and doubts came flooding in. And I, and I feel like some of that is warranted. Some mm -hmm. of it is true because now the interests and, uh, and the stakeholders and the, and the decision makers involved are very different and the roadmap will change to favor Adobe. And, you know, I think everybody understands that, but I don't have the same fear about it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I embrace the idea of treating Magento as a truly enterprise platform that could compete with the likes of SAP and Salesforce, yep. so on and so forth. Um, if it remains open source, that's awesome. I hope it does. I hope it can. Um, if it means that it splits off from Adobe and someone picks it up through the fork, I also don't really care. But what I, but what I don't like seeing is the animosity and the bitterness mm -hmm. that to me has, as I've watched this unfold, I think a lot of it is just people's emotions. They're like really passionate and charged up about this and it will fade. But for some people, it creates this bitterness in this perspective that for me, looking from the outside in, it's like biting the hand that feeds you. And to mm -hmm. me, that's just not right. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, guys, just just cool off. Yeah, I I think that's a totally reasonable perspective, but I do think that um, you know we're all um, impacted by the biases that we have and by the environments that we're in, right? So for so um, for anybody who is um, like I was talking to Philip about this, and and I think he probably has a, a very similar perspective. I think for anybody who's doing well in, like you said, in the move up market, uh, for whatever reason, and that's probably um, a huge portion of the market. I mean, I'm I'm part of that too, right? Because people are getting paid more and whatever, and and so I I um that impacts me positively as well, positively as well. Um, but for those that um are not part of that happy move up market for whatever reason, you know, they're living kind of a different reality um, where, you know, the product that they care about, the product that their customers use, and this may be more uh, more heavy in uh, Europe and Latin America, other places, um, but the, the product that they are still primarily wanting to use is what's having challenges, you know? So, um, to some extent, yeah. I think it, it kind of just depends what your incentives, what your, uh, incentives are and, and where you sit in the ecosystem, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's a totally fair perspective, um, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, would I feel differently if I still worked for that merchant who was operating the whole thing in house, still on open yeah. source, right? Yeah, it's a there's a there's a there's a perspective that I don't have. I think is what it really comes down to. I was swept up in that move upstream. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't necessarily experience the fallout that's frustrating to a lot of people, and, right. and for that, I'm definitely compassionate. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But, um, so what are, what are you, um, what are you kind of excited about these days? What are you, what are the things work, work wise, otherwise, um, that you're work, thinking about? Yeah. Work, work wise. Uh, I'm definitely excited, but I'm at this interesting point where it feels like there's a culmination of things happening between work and personal life. Uh, that that cause you to have to pick and choose. Like you have to discriminate a bit as to mm-hmm. what's important to you and what's not. So mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of things going on in the workplace right now, I find that there's stages that my children are growing up into that are uh, pulling my attention towards that, like making me mm-hmm. want to focus on investing in family more. Mm-hmm. I think I do a terrible job of it, but like that's where my heart goes. Um, but 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 in terms of work, like, you know, as I said, being swept up with the move upstream, a lot of the uh, a lot of the merchants that I'm working with these days are, uh, I would say, like Fortune 500, Fortune 10, even. I mean, there's a lot of investment and interest in the Adobe space right now, and the commerce platform is driving that. I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of merchants who are who who have long been in the content space. So using products like AEM, some of your biggest Fortune 500 companies that have had like a a weird set of commerce implementations over the years because AEM wasn't, you know, it didn't really deal with that. 
But mm-hmm. now with this family of products, we're seeing a whole lot more interest and engagement on AEM plus uh, the commerce platform mm-hmm. um, integrations. And it, it actually introduces a lot more complexity to the overall approach. And I think it's it's actually something that's driving the headless narrative that you're seeing everybody talk about, but specifically Adobe. PWA mm-hmm. Studio, what they're doing with Venya is really just a representation of what I think is going to become a more fully integrated content and commerce solution within the broader uh, Adobe ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of change. Like for me, you know, I've got, I've got, um, I have a heart that still longs for the all-in-one solution. Like I think that Adobe Commerce is a really great platform for CMS, PIM, DAM, OMS. Like it can do all these things. Admittedly, it's it's somewhat primitive. Uh, and in the enterprise space, there have been players that own all of those things that make it hard for a large organization to adopt an all-in-one platform. So I think that's where some of the rub is. Uh, but but it's hard for me to have to branch out now and take into account the idea that you've got people running AEM, DAM, various... What's DAM, by the DAM way? That was, that was the only uh, acronym I didn't know of the ones you listed. <laughs> it's when you're really pissed off. <laughs> 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 it's uh, uh, digital asset management. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Like uh, if you think of, uh, I'm trying to think of a good solution that you might be familiar with, but like services like Cloudinary, um, they allow you to manage assets in an enterprise way, or I shouldn't mm-hmm. even say enterprise, but just it's 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 purpose built for managing assets. So, you know, things that you can't do uh, within the Adobe Commerce platform with an asset is like version it, publish it at a public URL, Mm -hmm. uh, have an API that can interact with and tag it with metadata. Um, Formal DAM solutions can do all that stuff and a whole lot more. Right. That's cool. And and that's really critical for a lot of um, enterprise merchants that deal with omni-channel where they have to syndicate assets like from one place to another, but they have one core team that manages the lifecycle of that asset. Um, And yet it's distributed out to maybe 10, 20 channels. If they need to update that image, because let's say it's a lifestyle image that represents interior design for 2020, they need to update it for 2021. How do I update that asset and then distribute that change out to every channel so that I don't have to go to each of those channels and manually change Mm -hmm. that image out with a Mm -hmm. new URL? I want to keep the same URL and just syndicate that change. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I find myself interested in... um better wrapping my head around the whole Adobe ecosystem is something that I still don't understand very well. And I'm sort of rooted in the, in the uh, older (laughs) kind of Magento model. Um, but it's a little, it's a little tricky to, to do because not everybody knows it very well. Um, and a lot of times, like, obviously we're, this is a public podcast so we probably can't get into a lot of project specific details, Um, but that's always what I want to know. I want to like, like, and, and kind of what I'm trying to do, I think with this podcast in general is like recreate the conversations you might have at a conference, um, where you're just, you're hanging out, you're talking kind of informally, but you're talking about interesting work stuff and other stuff. Um, but Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of that, but then most of the time people are like, yeah, I can't really get into too many, um, project specifics and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. But yeah, that's I, I watched the episode with you and uh Damien and 
there was a question that came up about that and he goes, no, I can't, I can't share anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah, tend yeah, to want to exactly. break the rules. And then when I get my hands slapped, then I, then I'll know better. <laughs> like, I like that. Like if I'm I not like aware that. of the NDA, then, uh, it's not a sin to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so much of the time, like, like AEM, you know, I'll, I'll ask people, you know, I haven't seen much of the interface even, for example, you know, um, and, and trying to understand how it works and, and things like that is, is a little tricky. Um, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it sounds like you're having a good time kind of diving into the whole, the whole landscape. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a little terrifying at the same time because, um, you know, being in the Magento space, I, I didn't give much thought to when that would die out or when that would change. I mean, like we've seen platforms having an average lifespan of like six to eight years mm -hmm. um, with Magento 2, it kind of reinvigorated that. So they might squeeze another eight to 10 years out of it. I, I don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, but I always had an expectation that it was a place where I wanted to put most of, if not all of my eggs. Uh, and so if it was going to go down, I might hang around till almost the very end before I have to jump. But yeah. now we're so seeing things change. Yep, exactly. But but now with Adobe, we're seeing an expansion to the offering of the platform. It's no longer just just commerce. Uh, and so for me, you know, I'm coming up on 10 years of being a, a hands on developer within the platform. <clears throat> now, all of a sudden, I get launched into the Adobe experience cloud and platform. So we're talking about very targeted solutions like analytics, target audience manager, AEM, DAM. I mean, Adobe has something for every aspect of uh, digital experience management. And to me, that's a bit terrifying because it took me 10 years to accrue this much knowledge in mm -hmm. one space. Yeah. Now all of a sudden the gates are open. So what I, what I find is I have to change my strategy a bit and begin to rely on others who have maybe had 10 years in their respective craft and kind of glean from the top to get a high level understanding with the expectation that I may never be able to go as deep in one of those areas of the Adobe suite as I could with the Magento platform. Mm -hmm. um, but that, I mean, I mean, that is what it is. And, and I think that gets you into that level of consulting. You know, as I think about the natural progression of my career, it gets you into that level of consulting where you have enough general knowledge to put pieces together, make connection points. And that's really what a lot of merchants are looking for. They're, they're seeking education, knowledge of best practices, but also general contextual awareness of an ecosystem to know mm -hmm. what to do next. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Like, what do you guys think about this solution? Does this work for me? Does it not? Mm -hmm. And if you have even the lightest exposure to the suite of products offered within the Adobe space, I think you could, you could be really valuable. And that's, that's kind of where I've been focusing myself lately. Yeah, that's cool. I, I had a, a buddy told me recently that the Adobe's analytics product, um, has some really interesting features that, um, that he's never seen in any other product. Um, hmm. and, uh, it, it sounded interesting to me again. I don't know too much about the, the product, but, um, it would, it would be neat to, to kind of learn more about some of those things. Um, yeah, I know they publish some of that stuff publicly, like on YouTube, you can look it up to even get like a, an internal picture of what the, what the platform looks like. Mm -hmm. It definitely has some cool features. I think what's, what's really 
neat about Adobe's solutions is that the emphasis is on uh, interoperability. So like if you're doing A-B testing, you might use something like a combination of Adobe Target and Audience Manager. Mm-hmm. Well, all of the data that you're collecting about those experiences can be tied back to personas, profiles, and segments, which right. get tied to analytics and tracking. So now you get a 360-degree view of your customer. And this is, I think, why we're seeing not just Adobe doing this, because others are also building pipelines to connect their various services that they offer. But this is why we're seeing an emphasis on things like CDP. Traditionally, it was CRM. So that was kind of the the master record of your customer data. And and it had some capabilities to let you get a view of like your customer behavior. Mm -hmm. But there was always more than that. There was an email marketing platform. There were various like one-off solutions that did very specific things to capture info about your customer. Mm -hmm. A CDP seeks to bring all of that together. What does that stand for, by the way? Uh, uh, Customer data platform. Okay. Um, And and it really has to do with like uh, bringing in multiple sources of data about your customer Mm -hmm. and merging them together, uh, tagging them, distributing them out to other channels for various uses. It's like, think of it like a middleware and, and like a data lake to house all your information Mm-hmm. Uh, aggregated into some useful view that's that gives you intelligence for you to make business decisions mm-hmm. and then also distribute that out to support other services. Adobe, because it's so large in the types of products that it offers, has a really unique advantage in the CDP space because they they let you gather so much data from so many sources and then you can action it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, man. Um is there are there tie-ins to the creative um, side of things? Um, Adobe Creative. Um, I somehow I somehow triggered Siri on my computer and it freaked me out there for a second. It was like going crazy on the screen. But are there tie-ins to the Adobe Creative side, or are those sort of um, two two completely separate things? I don't. I don't know that well. I know that there are tie-ins, um, but how? I'm not entirely sure. I've seen some things, like even even like basic features of some of their creative services that I had never considered. Mm-hmm. People who work in like InDesign or Illustrator, so those are both products uh, from uh, Adobe. It, you, you can, when you're designing, you can even load data from external sources to populate templates or template designs. So oh, let's cool. say you you want to create like a, a good use case might be where you're creating catalogs or brochures for your uh, customer. Let's say you're like a, a furniture manufacturer. You have special pricing unique for certain customers. You want to show them a tailored subset of your total catalog and you want to populate it with products that are specific to what they can see or what they're authorized to resell, maybe uh, like in a B2B context. Mm-hmm. Um, Adobe's tools allow you to pipe in data from external sources that if you have a, a templated design, it will generate like files, like brochure PDFs um, that populate with data that's specific to that data source, which in this case oh, is cool. that customer and that catalog. Yeah. So there, I, I don't know who is doing this exactly, but 
you know, that's the kind of interoperability that I think Adobe is is really leaning into um, when it comes to like total digital experience. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, any other interesting use cases that you can kind of that you can that come to mind or that you can kind of get into around? Uh... I don't know, man. It's still it's still really new to me. Like, yeah. um, I, I think what we're finding is at least based on my personal experience, um, Magento becoming Adobe commerce is forcing a lot of people to in, in, in this space, uh, like study up, like upgrade their understanding mm-hmm. of what it means to operate at the enterprise level. Now I'm sure there's agencies that have been doing this. That's why I say based on my own personal experience, of transitioning from SMB to enterprise, I've had to, I've had like to have a whole book of acronyms that I've had to learn. Yeah. It's like, it's like acronym protocols over here. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like almost brutal, man, especially cause there's, there's like, uh, you know, some merchants will actually use their own vernacular for these acronyms. So they're slightly different. Right. And it's like, it's like mind numbing when you get into it sometimes. Cause you're like, what, what, what are we actually talking about here? I just yeah. said, 30 words and 25 of them were acronyms uh, it's like uh t- total abbreviated speech all the time that's what it's like yeah, uh, yeah. in this space yeah that's so funny um i want to circle back to the the thing you said about like your kids and stuff the cool thing about this um this podcast is it's it's not specific to one niche and then um you know i can create clips that are specific to the adobe stuff or whatever <laughs> um but yeah. um uh, but yeah I, I i love talking about actually um you know life fatherhood uh that kind of stuff homeschooling um is something i think about a lot and uh i think is yeah. is rele- uh relevant to a lot of people right now um you were saying that you're you you're thinking a lot about your kids and the life stage that they're at and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so a, a lot of it comes down to the fact that my kids are are getting old enough that I'm not just taking care of them physically, like making sure they're fed or they're dressed. It's it's now about connecting with them emotionally or intellectually. Mm, you know, yeah. I, my my daughter, my my oldest child. Uh, daughter, she's going to be 10 in about a month. And her, what, what, what interests her, what she thinks about what she asks is actually much more engaging for me Mm -hmm. because it makes me think. And it's also sometimes the things that I would talk to an adult about. So it, it's a lot more fun to, to have a child at that age Mm -hmm. because then you begin to kind of grow up together. Yeah. Um, my my youngest child is almost four. He'll be four in December, and even he's getting to that stage, right? Like he can, he's he's fully potty trained. He dresses himself. He can even brush his teeth. Like I help him with it a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, but but he can take care of those basic things on his own. So now we can move past that stage. Now, like we we go out fishing sometimes. Me with all the kids and nice. Uh, he he actually can operate the pole by himself so it's like it's nice. it's really neat you know we can do a whole lot more um my and, uh my youngest son yeah, is ahead. is 3 he's going to be 4 in november and the stage you just described is what i'm dying to get to 
um, <laughs> because he doesn't dress himself. He doesn't brush his teeth. He's he's pretty much potty trained now, but he'll say, I have to go to the bathroom. And then we'll, you yeah. know, somebody will have to run to make sure he gets there on time. But, and he, and he still tantrums a good amount. So, um, yeah. So my other two are 12 and six and, and they're girls. And so, um, okay. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting out of the like crazy toddler phase. Um, you know, yeah. with the young one. Yeah. So, so that like, for me, I'm at this point and this is where it starts to get pretty, pretty personal actually, but I'm, I'm at this point where we've got four kids. They're all old enough to be somewhat self-sufficient. Oh, and by the way, I want to say like with your kid, uh, with your son, not being fully potty trained or not being able to dress himself. My, my son, I think is somewhat of a, like compared to the other three, he's, he's like way ahead of everybody else ahead of the game. So like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're all very different. He's, I don't know if it's because he knows he's the youngest and he's trying to catch up. I don't know. I don't quite know how it works. He just like, he, he's amazed me in how fast he's been able to mature and like just what he Mm -hmm. thinks about and talks about. Um, but anyway, uh, the, um, kind of the position I'm in right now is you get that taste of the kids growing up and you want to spend more time with them doing things that interest both of you, not just, you know, like watching a, like a TV show. That's like my little pony or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, doing stuff that you can only do with a baby or a toddler, you know, that's, it's fun for a while, but then once you get that taste of what it's like to grow up with your kids, you, at least for me right now at this stage in my life, I'm really interested in that. And what, what that creates for me is this idea of, you know, my, my wife and I, we thought we wanted to have an unlimited number of kids. Like you remember this back at, I remember this conversation. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about having like a whole baseball team and, and, and the, the, uh, you're probably going to know this quote, but like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like right. there's, there's, <laughs> there's things that, your heart desires. I, I still want a lot of children, but physically where I'm at right now, I'm realizing it is a huge burden to have to take that on. And when you see what it's like to, to, to leave a certain stage of life where it's no longer so physically demanding or yeah. tiring, yeah, it makes it difficult for you to want to go back. Yeah. And that's, that, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So like with my wife and I, we've been talking about having kids. I think we're still pretty well undecided on it, but yeah, but, but that's what I mean. Like the heart says yes, but physically you don't, you don't really want to do it. Yeah, no, it's so true. I, I, um, we, uh, we were completely done after three and, um, and <laughs> we just, you know, had always had pretty difficult pregnancies and just this generally things were difficult, but just for the very first time, um, I think for the first time ever, you know, things have been kind of had been going better. The kids were kind of more self-sustaining, more uh, self-manageable. And I had this thought occur to me, like, I think we could have a fourth. And um, anyway, I mean, it's not going to happen, but, (laughs) but I just having the thought was, I like surprised myself. Um, Cause yeah, it feels like we're in a, like a perpetual state of chaos and uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes you make a, you make a little progress and like the next stage I want to get to is my daughter, my oldest, um, watching the kids 
and kind of babysitting so we can get out, you know, get a little date night in, um, and, and stuff like that because, uh, it's like paying for babysitting for a date night is like crazy. It's like 80 bucks for babysitting. <laughs> and then you got to do, it's just, yeah. it's insane, you know? And then, man, and then those Texas rates have, are high. The Texas rates are high, man. It's all this California inflation, you know, it's like <laughs> 20 bucks an hour for four hours. And that four hours, man, that's tight. Cause then it's like five to nine, you know, and it's like, you got to get home at nine on the dot. You know, you can't, you can't take your time or anything like that, you know? So I know how many, how many of those have you had over the years? Date nights like that. Gosh, date nights. Like five. Yeah, like five. Like, and and then it's like you try to get into the habit of doing them, and then they never go well, because like (laughs) you're like you're not used to it. So it's like a Thursday night, and you're like exhausted, and you're doing it because like you're supposed to do it, but like (laughs) you're just stressed out, you know? Yeah. And and then and and then you have all these expectations of like it has it's going to be amazing you're going to connect and and i've had a few of those where we did but like 80 percent of the time it's just like not great and um and then you're just like ah this is i'm never going to do this again you know but is your wife like checking her phone to see if there's any emergencies back home you know (laughs) yeah definitely she did but i think we've gotten a little a little better about that um, That's good. Yeah, I think we've gotten a little better over the years about that. You know, it helps if you get but. somebody you you can trust to babysitter that's consistent. And and we're actually looking oh, yeah. forward to our daughter too being so so she's turning ten, but like somewhere between twelve and thirteen. Yeah, I think she's probably going to be good to start babysitting. Um, yeah, yeah, which, which will be pretty awesome for us. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, I'm you got to so- adjust your expectations, man. It doesn't. It's not like uh, it's not like you met somebody for the first time when you go out on these dates, and it's all exciting because it's new. It's like yeah, you just wanted to get out to to like exhale a little bit, yeah, and maybe just yeah. eat something without without having to share it, <laughs> without, without somebody yelling in your ear, you know. Yeah, but oh man, yeah. what what is dinner like for you? Is it is oh, it man. chaos? So dinner is strange for us because. We eat completely different things a lot of time, mm. which is weird enough. So my wife is vegan. Um, I, um, I eat kind of the same thing every day and what is my it? kids. But, so I eat like noodles and chicken breast or chicken pot stickers. Um, and I try to do <laughs> like day. about every day, <laughs> lunch and dinner. Wow. So I try to do like 800 calories. So like 1600 total. Um, and I have it pretty well dialed in. If I could do that and not snack a lot, um, on top of that, then I'll, I'll be in good shape and I'll, you know, I, I have a little bit of weight to, to lose still. So that's kind of my thing. <laughs> keep the protein high, keep the calories yeah. in a reasonable range. And then my kids eat other stuff. So like yesterday, for example, I think my wife ate at like five. So usually we try to do it at six. You know, we try to at least be in the kitchen together and we're talking and stuff like that. But like sometimes she'll eat or like yesterday she ate early and then like I ate afterwards and um, and and then it was just, you know, it was all over the map. So I would love to have the like we all sit down and eat dinner together and eat the same thing. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't really, 
you know, we don't really have that. Um, that's, that's, that's good to hear from you because I, I have, I'm in the other camp where like sitting down together is a big deal, but it's not like the movies from 75 years ago when everybody's quiet and like, like elbows are not on the table. No, it's like people are literally climbing over the table to grab (laughs) stuff. There's, there's always shouting. It's so loud at dinner. You can't really ever complete one thought before someone interrupts somebody for something Uh, else. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. like farting and burping at the table. Yeah. It's like not, not civilized at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had to adjust my expectations about that. Cause I admit, I thought like, and, and, and one of the things that I think gave me this expectation was, it's actually something I heard a comedian say years ago. He was talking about how we actually have so little time that we spend with our families. Most of us, uh, especially when our kids are young, mm-hmm. everybody's working or going to school. He's like the one time that you might get with your family is at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for 10 minutes, yeah. take advantage of that time. And I always thought that was really good advice because that is, you know, that and maybe one other time during the day, which is shortly before bed. Yeah. Um, that's like the only time that you're all together and like somewhat fixed to a position <laughs> where you can actually yeah. talk. Yeah. But it's never clean. It's never... I would never say it's relaxing. It's super yeah. stressful. And we have the same issue too. Everybody eats different things. Okay. Like I've got, man, I've got, and, and like it changes every day too. So like you, one day you'll make three things cause you think, you think it's going to appeal to everybody. And then like those three things, suddenly the kids have different tastes about stuff. Oh yeah. It's, and it, it literally changes week to week. It's horrendous. Yeah. I, um, and, and, um, and the other thing too, is like, we've definitely had phases where we would sit down and have dinner together. Um, and I found that I would sometimes be really tense about it because I'd be like, okay, everybody sit down and let's all pray together. And, da, da, da. and I wanted it to be a certain thing of like, okay, let's talk about our day and da, da. but. I was, I think, kind of forcing it, and then I would get frustrated if it wasn't that. Um, and then I think recently, now that things are so random all the time, I try to just focus on having some good conversation, whether um, you know whether it's one of my daughters that's there and the other two are playing or the other two already ate or whether it's all three of them or whether it's my wife or all of us or whether we're cleaning. Like I think yesterday we were cleaning – cause they finished eating and then we were just cleaning at around six or whatever. And so I try to just focus on that, like having some good conversation at that time, whether we're eating together or not kind of a deal. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just try to have some time to play with the kids every day. Um, so like lately we just wrestle like they they love to, so they'll be like, daddy, can we wrestle? And I'm like, yeah. And then I, I like it too. Like it's, it's one of those things that we both actually like, uh, to do. Cause (laughs) like, if it comes to like playing with their toys and stuff, like I'm not into it. Um, you know, uh, but that's something that we just both have fun doing. So we'll do it for like a half hour, like every day. Um, especially with my, my son and my middle daughter. And, Mm -hmm. uh, we just have a blast. And then like every day they tell me like, can we wrestle now? Can we wrestle? Um, so that, you know, I try to get that, the quality time in. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's been a while since I've wrestled with my kids. I, I got to bring that back up because they used to love it too. And like they sometimes they would um, they would pull all the pillows from every room, bring them into the living room, bury uh, me in them. Oh yeah. And they would start at one end of the house. Yeah. And they would run and just jump on me or like pile drive me, whatever yeah. they could do. <laughs> but like. <laughs> it's fun because you don't actually have to do much for that. You just kind of yeah. lay there and get pummeled. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, there's this. Uh, <laughs> you, you watch the movie The Crudes uh, with the. Um, yeah. They're like a caveman yeah, I family. I don't remember it that well, but yeah, yeah, I have yeah, seen it. So they basically all sleep together and they call it a sleep mm-hmm. pile and they're just piled <laughs> on top of each other sleeping. Yeah. And it's funny because that's how they like stay warm as like cavemen or whatever. <laughs> And so then, yeah. um, so we watched the crudes part two recently and, um, and then, so we'll be laying down, I'll be like, let's do a sleep pile. And then they'll all, you know, lay out, we'll all lay on top of each other and stuff. It's That's funny. cool. Who, um, who's on top you? <laughs> no, I'm not nah, that. Yeah. That'd be a problem. You're on the bottom. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So kids, man. It's cool, man. It's, yeah. It's, uh. It's a lot of yeah, it's a, trial and error and, um, you know, everybody's trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like you talk to parents that are working and it's, I think it's a big part of our, of our life and of what we're trying to, to get right, you know? And like you had said in the beginning, so much of the time we feel like we're not getting it right. Um, or there's, there's mm-hmm. things where we wish we could do better. Um, and then when you're a professional, that's so much of your, of your brain power throughout the day is, is work. And and then there's the stress and the anxiety that comes along with it. Um, and so it, 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 uh, you know, and then you can be drained at the end of the day and it's, it's hard. It's hard. I think that as dads, we want to be present for our kids and we struggle with it. Um, you know, so I think it's, I think it's good to, you know, talk about, try to figure out share tips and tricks, you know? Yeah. You know, I, that, that really does weigh on me a lot from time to time. This idea that, um, uh, I, I live to work, you know, sometimes you get wrapped up in what you have to do and then you get, you get done for the day and you're exhausted and you don't, you don't have the capacity or you feel like you don't have the capacity to, to, to then go to your second job, right? Like that's what it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason it feels that way is because um, the time spent seems so little every so often because the majority of my day is spent, you know, with, with another family, which is at work. And mm-hmm. that, uh, every once in a while, <laughs> I, I do feel... that you are going to say you had a whole other family somewhere else. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, 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 I didn't mean it that way. Uh, but, you know, I, I think... Uh, Sometimes I have to remind myself that I am doing the best that I can with, with what I have. Yeah. Now there are certain decisions I can make that will show what, what I'm really committed to, right? Like I can, I can choose to spend more time at work and less time with, with family. That's that, that is not my heart's desire, but, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's okay to reduce your expectations to the idea that, you did the best you could with what you had. And, and that actually helped me a lot, not just for myself, but even in my relationship with my own father, uh, you know, cause there were, as I grew up and I started thinking for myself, I, I went out on my own. 
got a job, uh, separated from family, got married. There's these periods in my life where I look back on like memories with my dad. And my dad worked a lot. And part of it was because he had no choice. Like we, we weren't, we, we were not a wealthy family. I mean, there were times we were so poor. I can remember my dad holding up signs about working for food, basically. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, and I, and I look back on how little I actually saw my dad. And there were periods in my life where I, I was kind of bitter about that. Like I, mm. I wanted to resent him because I felt like I didn't really connect with him. Do, there were even periods of time where I had so much doubt where I'm like, did I even know my dad? You know, it's just wow. thoughts that run through your head from time to time. But I learned actually, and it was more of just like a, like an exhortation that I got from my pastor. And he basically suggested to find what you can honor about your father. Mm-hmm. And in those areas, hold on to those things mm. to credit your dad, basically mm-hmm. with him loving you with the best that he could with what he had at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And, and all it took for me was that shift in perspective. Instead of being uh, resentful for the things that maybe I saw that others had that I didn't, instead, if I began to look at what was good about my, my, my relationship with my dad, and by the way, it is great. I don't, I don't have a bad relationship with my father. But if I began to look at the things that I remembered well, I all of a sudden could see so many more details around how he loved us well. And I began to credit mm-hmm. him for all of the things in areas where maybe he couldn't give to us. And that became really special for me. And I think it's really improved my relationship with my father a lot. And it's given me, it's, it's, it's helped me to temper expectations for myself as a dad to know that, you know, I, I, all I can do is hope that my son will recognize that I loved him the best that I could knowing that when he gets older, he's probably going to struggle with some things because I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but that's actually okay. Uh, and, and, and I can just hope and believe that he's going to find the things to appreciate about me, uh, when, when he reflects on our relationship as he gets older. That's cool, man. I appreciate your, your, um, vulnerability and in, in sharing that, man. I, my, my dad passed away, uh, last year and, um, I think about him a lot, you know, I, um, and, and there were, um, there were, um, stages of life where I had some resentments, I think when I was younger, um, about, about different things. And, um, and then I sort of saw my dad differently at a certain point, probably my late twenties, early thirties. And a lot of those kind of went away and, and then towards a time where he was, um, you know, he had ALS and was uh, for about two years before he passed away. I just started to really see him as like my total hero and like a, a, a saint, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and, but yeah, there, there were definitely some different stages of the relationship. And um, yeah, I'll think about him. I'll be like, oh, I want to call my dad and tell him this or tell him that. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I realize I can't. And, uh, um, it's tough, but, but, but overall I'm really have found myself kind of inspired by my dad and the way that he lived and, and just wanting to, you know, kind of live my life the best way that I can to honor that. Um, and, and I definitely also, I think about, man, what, what's my relationship with my kids going to be like as they get older and my girls and what's going to happen when my girl becomes a teenager and, 
uh, all that kind of stuff, man. It's 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 terrifying, you know. It's uh, Ooh, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, yeah. You have to it's, not think about it sometimes. You got to not think about it <laughs> just you to cope with it. it. <laughs> and you know what's yeah. funny is that, like, I think we all have this picture, particularly of like girl, but teenagers in general that they're going to be horrible and, and they're going to hate you for this period of time. And I, I don't know if I have that picture from TV or from my own life or what, but, um, my wife was always a really good, you know, kid. And she's always been like, not nearly as worried about it, you know? And she also homeschools our kids and has a really close relationship with them and stuff. And so she's like, no, no, it's, 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 it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But I was super worried about it for years. And it's only been like very recently that um, I've kind of gone, I kind of look at my oldest daughter and I, I go, okay, yeah, I think this is going to work out. You know, I think, I think, I think I can see how this is going to play out that, um, you know, she's not going to go crazy or anything like that. But um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool, man. My, my, I would say my wife is a saint. And she was not, she, she was raised to respect herself and, uh, care, care about her future. So she didn't, you know, you hear a lot of stories about girls who grow up and they get really lost. Um, yeah. that was not my wife. So she brings a very different perspective to our family because I grew up in places where I was either pursuing those lost girls for, for a while, or I was friends with them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that it it was, it, I never thought about what that meant. If that girl was my daughter then, yeah. but I sure do now. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. get filled up with these fears and anxieties. Like, Oh man, I hope, I hope my daughter Lila doesn't turn into like that girl, Jessica, that I knew when I was 15, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but my, but my wife helps to ground this in the reality that is our family, right? Yes. Like there's no, there's, yes. there, there's often no good that comes out of trying to assume someone else's identity or bring in someone else's storm or chaos or life into your own thinking that yeah. that's your destiny. It, it really doesn't have to be that way at all. Totally. Sometimes it requires different perspective, renewed thinking, and really just faith to believe in a better life sometimes. And that's all, yeah. it, all it comes down to. It's so true. I think, I think, I think I have a similar dynamic. Uh, very similar dynamic with with my wife, and um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I sort so, of finally so the, breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief, you know, like okay, I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, in fact, for me with my daughter, sometimes I wonder the opposite. Like when she's a teenager, are 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 any guys going to meet her standard? <laughs> right, you know what I That's, mean. That's, yeah, that's the other weird thing is like our kids are in this environment where they're, it's such a like pure environment and, and, and they're doing great and stuff. But I go, I go then they're going to get out in the world at some point and it's going to just be absolute madness. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one step at a time, I guess, you know? So, so I, I, I gotta ask, um, what was your wife mad about recently? <laughs> <laughs> you said ask you anything. I did. All of my it's so funny because that's hilarious. I um I always like I always tweet that as a joke, like da 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 AMA. It, like uh Yeah. 
it's I don't know why it's such a funny uh uh tweet thing for me to do. I guess I saw it. It's like clickbait. Like, yeah, it's yeah, kind of. And it's a little silly, like you tweet something goofy, like that was kind of the idea is like everybody has had this experience where they say something dumb <laughs> and their wife's mad okay. at them. So it's like the least it's like the it's like the least unique thing, but um yeah, I can't can't get into it. Unfortunately, it was just something. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. It so it was something, something but you're, <laughs> it was you just need a place to vent it a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, but um, uh, that's funny. Um, so, so I gotta I gotta pull this up now. H- how about can you give me like general stats? So I gave you a list of seven different kinds of mad. Uh, is there one that's like most common? Oh, I'm trying to remember the list. Um, it was like, oh, I got it right something. here. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so it's either that was dumb. You're an idiot. Okay. You're embarrassing. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you forgot. That doesn't make any sense. Or I'm moody. It's probably that that was dumb. You know, like you just said okay. something that was just dumb, you know, like, like I think, like dumb as in, it was inappropriate for the situation. It, inappropriate, but also just not true. Like you're just upset, so you said <laughs> something. You know. Okay. You just said something. You know. Gotcha. Mean or that was not true. You know. But yeah, uh, that that cracked me up. Your tweet cracked me up. Um. I want to circle back to the work stuff real quick because sure um, the the so you're a solutions architect or are you director of solutions architecture? I think I saw uh, it's it's actually changed a few times in a in a short period of time. Uh, right now, I am VP of solution architecture for uh, Blue Acorn ICI, which is like the North American no way, phase. Dude. You're of a VP. Infosys. That's huge. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Congrats. It's, um, when did you become a VP? It, I could have sworn I saw like director. Director of Solution Engineering as of like a week ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah. So this is a this is a, a new role for me. Um, and and in, like how it relates to what I was doing, it's it's very very similar, but the difference is I'm focused on uh, what we would call strategic accounts um, that are the big boys that the Fortune big boys tens. with. Yep, with a with a focus on the broader Adobe suite of services. So I told you, you know, this is terrifying for me to step into a whole new set of products when I've got about ten years in just on commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because it's in preparation for me to to kind of go after uh, different pursuits that are that are broader in the ecosystem. Um, <clears throat> but but it's still a lot of what I've always done. You know, my my background, of course, is as a developer, and then over the last five years, transitioned to solution architect, um, where I would help to, you know, based on what I knew about the ecosystem, what technologies could you put together to solve for a given business problem? Mm-hmm. So I would do a lot of drawing, a lot of talking with actual architects on the platform. But because I was a developer, I could also very quickly tell you straight out what you could or couldn't do within the platform. And so that carried me through. Um, but because my interests have really always been around working with people directly, that made me more customer facing. So my, my natural progression was towards sales. 
So I, I love delivery. I love building. I love tinkering. But I like talking to people about how that's happening. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> for me, it led more to sales consulting. Uh, and then, you know, that, that got me to a director of uh, solution engineering, which is our department for that equivalent. Um, but then, you know, as I became good at that, basically it, it created an opportunity for me to work with, um, larger accounts that were more complex in nature. So I could bring all that I've accumulated with commerce to the table with businesses that may have had a long running practice in content marketing. But now they want to activate that for commerce. So it was kind of a natural step for me to go into that. And that's that's how I ended up here. Nice. The solutions architect thing is interesting because everybody wants to hire a solutions architect right now. It's one of these roles that um, I started seeing pop up, I don't know, a few years ago. And it can mean different things, right? You can have a <laughs> developer yeah. turn solutions architect. It can be a sales function. It can be a... Um, you know, it can be, it can be more of a technical architect. You can have a business solutions architect or like a technical, but a lot of times just the word solutions architect is used. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of curious what, what the day to day looks like, or what do you look for in someone that's a good solutions architect? Um, it's just an interesting role and like yeah. every, literally everybody is hiring a solutions architect right now. So it, it's really interesting you say that because I have seen it's, it is very different everywhere you go, but it's also different from project to project within the same organization. Mm -hmm. The solutions architect uh, has a formal definition to it, but I don't think I've ever seen it held to the letter of that role. Um, <clears throat> the way it usually plays out is it's the person who's the most well-rounded and understands everything from the technologies that you're working with to the delivery model through which you're going to actually build. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 I would look at it as a business systems analyst or a domain consultant, as they call them, uh, with a whole lot more technical acumen and underpinning to them. So mm -hmm. they know how to interface with a business, gather requirements. They know the right questions to ask the business and attach metrics to those requirements so that, you know, when it comes to being held accountable for the product at the end of the day, you, you've got those metrics to live and die by. That's, you know, that's a lot of what the business systems analyst um, will, will gravitate towards, but they also have to have general product knowledge. If they're going to suggest a system, they have to know how it works in order to put it together for the solution. But the solution architect is somebody who can do all of that in some ways and also go a little bit deeper. They will understand the like the the api level specifications of systems and how they interface what modules you need to have installed to make these systems actually talk to one another mm -hmm. um, and also have some sense of what the development process looks like so you have to know what is agile what is waterfall what are the ceremonies within both of those um, delivery methodologies it's 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 hard for me to say that this is true of everybody but at least in in where i've been and and, and where i am it is a it's a jack of all trades role mm -hmm. that is highly technically competent. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, well, cool. Um, I think we're about at our time here. Um, anything else that, uh, that you want to add 
before we and by the way i want to say that circling back to the very first thing we talked about i i i feel like i'm um I'm getting more interested in the Adobe Commerce, uh, the Adobe product suite, just talking to you about mm-hmm. it and, and seeing how you're, um, how you're thinking it through and, and how you're fleshing it out. Um, and I think that that's, um, that's a good thing because like, I think previously I've been, I go into this camp of like, ah, oh, Adobe is, ah, I'm not interested in it, whatever. Right. And I think part of that is yeah. just maybe lack of exposure lack of knowing what are the interesting things that are happening, which is probably mostly my fault for not having gotten into it. So I think that just by talking about it, you're, you're helping to bring me along, um, into that, into that camp. So well done. That's cool. Um, but yeah, any, anything you want Thank to you. add here? Thanks for listening. We... <laughs> yeah, totally. Man. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, any, any links you want to, you want to share anything like that? Uh, Check out my website, rickbazinski.com. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that was the only link I could think of. Um, no, I uh, I don't have anything else to add. I mean, it's, I, I just want to thank you for, for having me on here. This is this is pretty awesome. I, I, I've been a bit out of the loop with following some of the content that you've published. And as soon as I saw what you're doing with this, um, I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. I would love to be on the show. And then actually you reached out to me even before I thought about asking you. That's cool. Uh, so man. I thought it was r- r- really cool timing. Ah, oh, that's cool. But that yeah, makes me it, happy it, to hear. It was a lot of fun. It was nice it. to catch up. Um, maybe we can do a follow-up at some point to, to, to get further into the Adobe product suite stuff um, and talk yeah. about, you I'd, know. I'd be glad we'll to. See. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, okay. thanks everybody for yeah, tuning in and we'll see you next time.